welcome to You Need to See This, a film podcast about filling in the gaps of our collective cinematic experience. I'm Lucy Tomlin-Brenner, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Cozy Orlin, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, this month, it's Halloween. Well, the next two months. <laughs> it's Halloween <laughs> season. And then after that, we're going to keep it going as long as we can, Yes. Yes, because I uh, love Halloween every day, all day. Um, (laughs) Not only are we Halloween lovers, but we're comedians, writers, filmmakers, and film lovers. We have many dimensions to us. So each week on You Need to See This, we pick a film at least one of us has seen and at least one of us has never seen. Then we try to convince each other and you, dear listener, that this movie is worth your time. We are not snubs, we're a little pretentious, but we're not monsters, so we <laughs> like to cover everything, not just the fancy, smanchy art films, uh, which we do. I do dream about those. <laughs> yes, we do love the fancy art films as well, but sometimes we have to take a break and cover underappreciated horror films from the aughts. Yes. <laughs> and the most important thing about You Need to See This is we talk about every film with no spoilers. So this is intended to convince you to watch, not to ruin something before you see it. That's right. It's more comfortable. It's very nice that way. It's like it's like a friend came up to you and was excited and was like, oh my God, I just saw this thing. Check it out. Yeah, that's us. We're your friends. You can trust us. Yeah. Develop that parasocial relationship. We could do this. <laughs> <laughs> We're in support. Um, well, because it's the Halloween season, we are going to be covering all spooky films uh, till November-ish. So today we're discussing the 2001 gothic ghost story, The Others. And Cozy, you need to see this. And Luce, I've never seen this. Why haven't you seen it? Uh, I don't know why I didn't see it because, and I might be here, well, y- People have heard this, and you've definitely heard this before, but I always get the others and the hours confused. So, <laughs> They're so me, different. Yeah, to me, I, 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 I know that one of them seems to be the scary one, and the other one I, is kind of a blank for me. So I, I know that this is the scary one, and I know that people have told me a little bit about twists and such, but I haven't seen it, and I, I don't know. Is, is, it like, is it a period piece? It is a period piece. It takes place in uh, it takes place on an island off of England after World War II. Okay, yeah, I think that I think that I mean, I imagine they didn't reveal the twist in the in the trailer. So when I saw the trailer, I probably just saw a period piece and went, "Eh, I'm whatever age I was then. I probably don't care." <laughs> you were sixteen or seventeen. You were between fifteen and seventeen. Perfect. Yeah, I definitely did not see a lot of period pieces between those ages. <laughs> it's so funny that that's what you locked into because I never think of that. I mean, I watch this film at least every Halloween and usually a couple times throughout the year because it's one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites. So I rarely think about it being a period film because yeah. it's so much a ghost story first. <laughs> and when I hear period film, I always think like a like a Bronte story, you know, a adaptation of a, a Jane Austen novel. Right. But I guess, I guess the fifties, forties, fifties are a period. Um, <laughs> they're just so recent still. Is this, like, is this the one, 
Is this the one where, where there are a bunch of, where there are people who are like inside all the time? Yes. Uh, we're going to get to that. I have a Perfect. lovely description. Oh, good. Okay. That, from Letterboxd. Like now I feel like I know what this one is then. Great. Perfect. Yes. Uh, okay. So you did not see it because you were like, meh. Um, <laughs> and I saw it because I was, we were in high school and that was every weekend my best friends and I went to the movies, usually every Friday, sometimes on Saturdays. And this was the movie that was out. We went to see every horror movie that came out as long as it this was like pre-torture porn, so like none of that stuff was never my thing. Sure. This was right two years after The Sixth Sense came out, and so there were a ton mm. of ghost stories and mm-hmm. a lot of um, like what this story is is actually different than what it appears to be. That was so, not a thing, sure. Yeah, so I was just seeing a ton of movies. Every, it was like, What Lies Beneath? Um Hmm. The Mothman prophecies. Oh, yeah. uh, we were just and every M Night Shyamalan movie. I think we saw the signs together and at Right <laughs> together. We were just going to, to all of them. So this was that time period, and I remember being so scared when I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And there's really um, something that I think is well. I'll get into it in my reasons. Um, <laughs> Um, let me tell you a little bit about The Hours, if you all are not familiar. It's directed and written by Alejandro Amenabar, the Spanish the, director. The Hours? The Others. Aha, now you're doing it. This is my favorite. No, I, said the, I said The Others. Did I, you, did I say The Hours? I'm pretty I sure think, I said The Others. I think you said The Hours, but I might be totally wrong. That's okay either way. <laughs> yes, amazing. Oh, no, I've infected you. I'm a monster. Get out of here, Cozy. I can no longer work with you. (laughs) That's really funny. That's so funny. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, The Hours is about Virginia Woolf, and Nicole Kidman has a plastic nose job done so that she looks ugly as Virginia Woolf. That's all that I remember about The Hours, actually. Um, so that's the connection. One of the reasons, other than the fact that they're familiar sounding, Nicole Kidman is starring in both of them. So wait, that's yeah. all you remember about the hours is that she has a plastic nose. Okay, great. She all has right. A big nose. Yeah. So all right, great. This is very, yeah. I do remember that too. And I didn't, I thought that was in this one. <laughs> no, totally different. She's, they, she has like all this, um, latex work on her face because to make her look like Virginia Woolf. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So she has a normal, a normal Nicole Kidman nose in this one. The most perfect little button nose. I am <laughs> obsessed with Nicole Kidman's nose. There's so many profile shots in this movie, and it's just this little ski slope. I love it. Yeah, nose. Um, I, as a plastic surgery marketing person, as my day job, I have written about the supper tip break a lot of the times, which is another word for a ski tip, uh, ski slope nose. Amazing. It's, the ideal feminine nose is the supper tip break. I had no idea. She, yeah. she she looks like she's had a nose job, but I also have never not seen her with that nose. So yeah, she the well. Okay, so this is this is probably this is talking shop a little bit, oddly enough. But um, so every time I have to write about Botox, um, there are several different types of lines on the face that Botox can ease away. And one of them is a bunny line and a bunny line apparently is also only caused by Botox and it forms at the top of the nose. And Nicole Kidman is the person I think of every time when it comes to bunny lines. Whoa, wait, so you get 
wrinkles because you had Botox? Just that one. Uh, that is the one that forms as a, that could inadvertently reform, uh, form as a result of Botox is the bunny line. I don't know if there are any others, but that's the only one that's come up for me. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for a uh, Botox corner, Cozy. Anytime. Happy to help. <laughs> Always the, the last person you think would know so much about it. <laughs> it's so true. It's the weirdest. It's weird to have been turned into a plastic surgery geek because of a job. <laughs> yeah, you and I have the most... Our our day jobs are the most unlike us as it's people. So, it's so <laughs> it's true. Like, it's so I do copy for a fitness for like a celebrity fitness trainer. I do like her writing, and then you do all the writing for a Botox person <laughs> for all like hundreds of hundreds of plastic surgeons. Yeah, internationally, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> it's hysterical. So behind everything that you read, uh, that's all about like weird, you know. Uh, expensive self-care or whatever. It's uh, a bunch of weird uh, punk kids that aren't taking care of themselves <laughs> behind the scenes writing all the copy. That is a great call. I never thought about that. I just cognitive dissonanced myself away from that. That's a really, that's very fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. All right. Well, let's get back to talking about the Others, the others is the movie that we're discussing today. So the others was written and directed by Alejandro Amenabar, who's a Spanish director from Madrid, who also wrote and directed another movie I love, 2004's *The Sea Inside* with Javier Bardem. I know that name, but that's the best I've got. And by that, I mean the movie name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a really good film. He also wrote *Vanilla Sky*, which is a movie I loathe. Oh, and I very much enjoyed Vanilla Sky. That's good to know for me in terms of convincing. Interesting. Oh, no, you can't. I would never. I walked out of it. It's one of, it might be the only movie I've ever walked out of before. I know. I remember us all talking about this before. Yeah, I I remember liking it a lot, partially because of Jason Lee, because I was like, this guy is incredibly funny. Uh, yes. I love Jason Lee. I love part- Jason Lee too. Even part- though he's a Scientologist. Oh yeah, I know, right? That's that's the one thing. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh the, the there's a moment where Tom Cruise wakes up and sees that his face is incredibly different and weird. And mm-hmm. I remember being very affected by it in a cool body horror way. So oh. that, that's always stuck for me as a very big positive of that movie. Wait, did I tell you the moment that I was out? Yes, you did. <laughs> Feel free. I'm always on board. Yeah, they just but when they're um, driving in the. This doesn't spoil anything if you haven't seen Vanilla Sky. Mm. It'll either convince you to watch it or not based on uh, our takes. <laughs> but when they're they're driving in the, um, I want to say topless car. It's called mm. a convertible. Uh, when they're driving in a convertible and they're like flying off a bridge or something and Cameron Diaz is like screaming at Tom Cruise the entire time and then her last like line as they're like flying through the air is I swallowed your cum yep and I was just like no yeah. I can't do this anymore yeah. <laughs> I remember liking Penelope Cruz in it but I don't remember Cameron Diaz any or what she was doing in it <laughs> Swallowing cum, I guess. I guess so, as opposed to having it in her hair and something about Mary. <laughs> yes. uh, Cameron Diaz is cum soaked in the odds. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anywho, all. Um, what are we even talking about? Okay, uh, Alejandro Menabar. Great director. We have a section for him at Video Tech. Um, mostly does Spanish movies. This. Uh, the others was actually filmed in uh, Madrid, 
which is cool. It's like an American, all the, it's not American at all. All of the, um, the language is all, the actors are all uh, British and well, obviously Nicole Kidman's Australian playing a British person and Irish. So, but it, the whole thing is, it's meant to be, um, I keep wanting to say it's the Isle of Man, but I think it's, it's Jersey, one of the islands off of uh, England. Oh. Uh, so they're all, they're all supposed to be, you know, uh, British and then uh, the servants are Irish. Hmm. So uh, it's like, well, like we said already, starring the incredibly sexily frigid Nicole Kidman, <laughs> who really does it for me in this movie, but <laughs> all the time I have, I have such a crush on her. Um, so I will say it's a big selling point for me. Nice. Uh, and then Fianula Flanagan, who's an Irish actress who's been in a ton of um, British TV and movies. Uh, a recognizable face. She's older, but she's in a lot of things that people may not have seen. Um, unless you watch British stuff. And then Christopher Eccleston, Eccles, Eccleston who's in like some Marvel movies. And then you might know him cozy from 28 days later. Um, He's in that and he's like a regular, you know, working British actor as well. Do you remember who Uh, he was in 28 days later? No, it was like a name I didn't recognize. He wasn't like, I don't know if he was like a main character or not. Okay. Yeah, because I recognize the actor name, but I can't remember what who is what his deal is. Interesting. Okay, he has cool. a recognizable face. He's like one of those people that you look at and you're like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so he plays Nicole Kidman's husband, who is still at war for most of the movie. So it's a he's only in it for like two or three scenes. Mm. Um, Nicole Kidman's really like the. The star. The focus, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. And it's a very small cast. It's Nicole Kidman, uh, her two kids, the three servants, and then Nicole Kidman's husband Hmm. are the people that you see. So let's get into the synopsis. Grace is a religious woman who lives in an old house kept dark because her two children, Anne and Nicholas, have a rare sensitivity to light. When the family begins to suspect the house is haunted, Grace fights to protect her children at any cost in the face of strange events and disturbing visions. Ooh. This is something I always liked about a light sensitive, like kids having a light sensitivity sounded fascinating to me. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it is such a great quality in this movie because the way that it, is displayed is kind of another type of continuous horror that happens throughout the movie. So I want to get into that with my reasons. Um, And then real quick, I wanted to just talk about how this was a movie that was really well rated when it came out and it does have an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, but this is a movie that I don't feel like anyone talks about which is the reason that I picked it. And it's a movie I'm always recommending to people at the video store because they haven't seen it. And so I know like critically, you know, it's beloved and it was a box office hit and it was, or I don't know if it was a box office, it was a critical hit. I don't know Mm -hmm. how it did at the box office. There was a lot of like mumbling around like a twist and twist because people were already kind of getting cynical about those types of reveals two years after M. Night Shyamalan uh, revelations. So 
I just, I know when we first texted about it, you were like, isn't there a twist or may I might know the twist. And I was very adamant mm-hmm. about how it's like, not really a twist. Nice. It's a mystery. It's a horror. It's a Gothic ghost story, like supernatural horror mystery. So I hate when people say like, oh, the twist in a minute, like, I don't think of mystery novels as having a twist. It's sure. a mystery you're trying to solve. Yeah, it's more focused on it's it's not as unexpected because it's something that is central to it. The mystery. Yes, exactly. Like I think with the sixth sense, which I'm not gonna spoil only because somehow <laughs> my sweet boyfriend never watched it and has never had it spoiled before. I don't know don't, how that's possible that he hasn't had it spoiled before, I, but I am amazed. I know. It's incredible. He's like such a music person that like he loves, he loves movies. We watch movies uh, every week together, but he's not like a, he doesn't save memories about movies the way that I do. And he missed a ton of stuff because he's from a music family. So like they were like the, they weren't always watching movies together and like things would just happen and he'd never hear about it. Like, Yeah. Cause I, I never saw Sixth Sense, but I definitely had it ruined for me incredibly quickly. <laughs> And I do think that that's a movie that, I mean, it's it's still a very spooky movie. Like it's, if you want a scary movie, it has a lot of jarring, interesting imagery mm. um, that I think is still worth watching. Uh, the Sixth Sense that is. Yeah. But it does, the thing is, once you know the ending, it takes some of the punch out of the overall story. Mm. And I think that if you knew the ending to the others, it's still disturbing like I know what the ending is I watch it all the time I still think it is so creepy Mm. and so I don't think that this is a movie that like even if you knew what was happening it would still be like upsetting nice and that it also depends on like what your sensitivity is like I love ghost stories and I love old gothic mansions with dark corners and fog (laughs) and heavy drapery so like that gets me going every single time. <laughs> so if that's something that like doesn't appeal to somebody aesthetically or they're not haunted by that kind of thing, then, you know, maybe it won't do it for you. But my argument is that even if you think you know what's happening in it, it's still such a fun movie. Um, I wanted to read a couple of the taglines because I think they're really fun. Please. Um, So one of them is, sooner or later, she'll see them, and then everything will be different. (laughs) Which is a theme that keeps coming up a few times that you hear characters say, like, things are going to change soon. And it's just, oh, it's so chilling to me. Like, the the idea that a character knows more than you, the audience, or than other characters do, I think is uh, very fun and creepy. And then another one I really like is how do you keep them out when they've already invited themselves in? Ooh, I like that. That right? one, a little bit more. Yeah, I like that. And then the last one that I really love, because this will go into uh, reasons and kind of what we touched on already about the photosensitivity, is um, close every door, turn off every light, and look for the others. <laughs> I like that one because that has like a 70s horror vibe to it mm. um the types of taglines that were like instructional <laughs> yeah. oh see I like it because it reminds me of what I do whenever I watch a movie at home I turn on all I turn off all the lights <laughs> all the windows well maybe I do that for podcasting but um but I do turn all the lights off so oh, I yeah do you like gotta watch a movie in the dark yes Absolutely. every single time it's it's it does make it more fun 
And generally, and the others specifically. Oh, nice. And generally, there's something nice about just existing in my in in my apartment with the lights off. I don't know why I like it. There's a comfort to it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice because it gives your eyes a sense, a, an opportunity to relax a little bit, and it also it's, it's calming. Like light is like a lot to process. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, just it, it's just such a different state to exist in than I'm used mm-hmm. to. Like I get a little psyched whenever there's a power outage because it means I'll have to exist in a different state for a while. Yes, I feel the same way. That was like me being excited at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was like, oh, great. Let's all stay inside for a month or two. Yes. And I have, um, a, I have a little ghost that I got at uh, the 99 cent store before that, like way before this started. Um, and it's like, it turns different colors. Uh, there's a little... Cute. Yeah, there's a little button on the bottom, and when you switch it on, it just cycles between different colors in this slow, cool, ominous way. And I just kind of like being in the dark with that little color change ghost. It's really nice. That's so cute. It's really nice. (laughs) Yeah, I I really agree, and that's um, a great place to jump off from because Mm -hmm. this is a movie with a lot of darkness and a lot of silence. And I was going to say that light is the noise of the eye world. Ooh, I love it. I'm on board. That's like right on the, that's right on the on like the the line when it comes to being fantastic or silly and it's just on the fantastic side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'll jump into my reasons, which my first reason is that I love how dark and quiet this movie is. It's weirdly very scary and extremely relaxing. Mm. And because I know what happens, there are parts that I'm like I still think are really tense, tension producing, but because I know like what isn't going to jump out, like I'm like, oh, nothing that scary happens here. It's just tension building. Yeah. I can just like relax into the, the shadows and the fog mm-hmm. and just pretend that I'm on this like 1940s island hidden away from everyone else. <laughs> um, and I find it to be a very relaxing horror movie. And I don't think there's that many, like a lot of horror movies are really jarring, obviously. That's part of horror is like loud noise. Um, There are loud noises in this movie, but it's really in a different way they're utilized because there's so much silence that the loudness doesn't have to be that loud to be jarring. And the panic, when Nicole Kidman's character gets panicked, she is so good at just being like, she's always so like calm and measured and like almost control, like so controlled, like everything is going to be this way. And that like the second anything chips away at her, she's like totally like zero to 60. And her panic is so like, you're there with her because you've been lulled into a relaxing state by her. (laughs) That's that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. There's something that always really bothers me about people that are that, who are that controlled. I'm always like, be vulnerable, be a human. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that a, a lot of her con, her control issues and like her intensity very much plays into the overall mystery, Ooh. and um, I I think it's done really well. Uh, so so yes, it's a quiet it's quiet relaxing horror movie that'll be my first reason I like that Um, yeah that makes me think a little bit of a quiet place in terms of the such silence and then the smallest things being enough to freak people out 
Like someone yes. dropping their popcorn in front of me before a quiet place started or right at the beginning. <laughs> that happened in my theater too. Uh, yeah. There was like a quarter of the way in, somebody dropped something and everybody in the theater gasped. And it was it. such a I delight. It. That's my I, favorite. <laughs> it was such a cool group experience. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I don't remember that having that same effect. I saw this in the theater as a kid. So like mm-hmm. I was much less... I just it was in fuck around mode, you know. So <laughs> I had like less reverence for everything. Or oh, sure. um, maybe, maybe less attuned to that to that silence break and the subtlety of it. I mean, I know I would have yes. been less attuned at least. Absolutely. But at the same time, I was so scared. I was so I remember covering my eyes so many times. And it's funny because Isaac when was watch was watching it for the first time with me last night. And I've been telling him for years, I'm like, you've got to watch this movie with me. You gotta, you're gonna love it. Because mm. he doesn't really like horror movies very much, but um Usually because he jump scares, he's like not about it. So then I'm going to get to my second reason, which is that this movie is very scary, but it does very little. Like the scariness comes from being in a haunted house, not from like, like I love the Conjuring movies. I love the Conjuring universe. And like, I don't have a problem with jump scares. Like if there's not a good plot, I think they can be used manipulatively to like fill in the gaps of what would actually be story substance. Sure. But I think in a good movie, jump scares only enhance and are like really fun. But I like this movie builds like a lot of tension and doesn't have a lot of like, there's not like creatures. It's not like the house is filled with like crazy creatures, like in the country. <laughs> it's like the presence. There's a presence in the house that you feel in your own home when you're like, it just makes me, it makes my eyes dart at doors and windows Ooh, when I'm watching yeah. it. I'm and like, like if I, it makes me think I'm seeing things. <laughs> And I love, it's so subtle, but it's not boring because it is fascinating. You're just, you want to know what's going on so badly because it's building this tension and suspense. And there keeps being these little reveals throughout Mm -hmm. that build. And you're just like, you're so close to figuring out what the mystery is. And you're like, oh, is it this? Is it this? (laughs) And, And it feeds you. So that's why I was saying, it's not like there's a twist. There's definitely like when you find out what's really happening. But on the way to that, there's several small reveals. Um, And that is is so exciting. And there's a scene that I I really love that is just terrifying where Nicole Kidman's character, Grace, is like, for a while she thinks her children are fucking with her. And she's like very religious. And so her whole thing is that like uh, she doesn't believe in fantasies and she doesn't believe in make-believe. Hmm. yet is very religious um and so she whenever the kids say stuff about ghosts she's like read the bible stand at the top of the stairs and read the bible all day like she has these crazy (laughs) punishments um and so until she starts to hear footsteps where there shouldn't be footsteps realistically and she starts like racing around the house with a shotgun which is absolutely an iconic look um uh i'll get I'll get into more of that later. But she goes into this room that's all um, furniture. They call it their junk room, which I'm like, has anything ever sounded so rich before? Like, I have a junk drawer, but you have a whole junk room. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just, it's all the same stuff from a normal junk drawer, but the entire room. It's just all yeah, scissors just, and tape and stuff. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. It's all like half a scissors arm. <laughs> like, who knows where the other one is? 
Uh, uh, rubber bands everywhere. Here, where um, my little tools of thread are. Yes, an instruction <laughs> booklet that you threw out the mechanism to in a year ago. Yeah, some old batteries that probably will never work, but you don't want to test them to find out because it's yeah, too much and you're, work. You're not supposed to throw them in the trash, so put them in the junk room. Right, forever. <laughs> yeah, so, so I just imagine her opening the door and then all this stuff <laughs> out all- on top of her. Don't go in the junk room. Stuff will fall on you. <laughs> <laughs> the, go- the ghost is just her hoarding things. <laughs> oh, that's a movie there. Um, it's very similar to the movie that I made. Messed up. I was thinking uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when she's in their junk room, it just appears to be like furniture they're not using covered in sheets. Mm. And it's such a cool scene because it, invokes that classic image of ghosts in sheets Mm. and she's just like wandering around corner this is a big room and Mm. you're just it is such a scary scene and i fucking love it like now that i know what happens i can just be in the like fear that it creates without like my own personal fear of like is my heart gonna jump into my chest Mm -hmm. i can just like appreciate the scene setting of it and like how how well done it is um it's so Oh, it's so, 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 so good. So mm-hmm. like, um, and then I want to get into a little bit with the, I guess I'll do this as my three, cause this is kind of a different reason. So my, my, uh, so I love what a subtle, I think it's like subtly, extraordinarily very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, my third reason is the photosensitivity, which we were talking about. The kids have a photosensitivity and it is such a fucking clever character trait because, it's this giant mansion, right? And it's always foggy. So it's already really dark, like more dark than it is here. But the kids still can't be in a room with curtains open. Mm-hmm. So every room in this mansion is filled with the heaviest, lushest fabric drapes. <laughs> and she is, she's so her whole thing, and she has this large ring of keys. Um, I got to say, like the set, the set deck and the costuming and the props in this movie like make my mouth water. <laughs> They're all just so simple. Like it's not it's not a the mansion isn't filled with stuff, it, but everything there has like a purpose for existing. Mm-hmm. So like she you see her interacting with everything which is so cool. So she has this ring of keys where each key is like a long brass key with like a uh, like a, a top that has a design on it. You know what I mean? Like an old timey, beautiful key. Yeah. I like that detail. I like that detail a lot. It's so engaging to me. Cause she, and she's always keeping them in her pockets, the pockets of her like long velvet house coat. That's like a deep maroon. And all I want to do is put both my hands at the top of her back and like run it all the way to the bottom. Like it looks so <laughs> soft. <laughs> I have have a question that you may or may not be getting to. I don't know. Yes, please. What is your question? How much of this movie would you say takes place within that mansion versus how much is outside of it? Oh, my friend. It's all in the mansion. I was right then. Okay, good. That's what I was assuming. I never. The foggy island. I was like, "Ooh, do we get to see the foggy island?" (laughs) No, and that creates a sense of dread and isolation, which is 
also very delicious. They're on the grounds quite a bit. So you oh. get to enjoy the outside of this like wintry fall. Like I guess it's fall because there's a lot of leaves mm-hmm. and there's like a, a scene of raking leaves that's extremely enjoyable. Also like crunching and yeah. and raking. They're just sounds that I love that, you know, out in LA we don't experience anymore. So I think that's another reason it's fun to watch now, especially yeah. if you're somewhere where there aren't leaves and you want that leaf crunch. Okay. All right. So they have some outside moments, but still on the grounds then. All right. That helps me out a lot. That's yeah. I, it's all I like in the, the idea of the out, seeing the outside of it in that way. That sounds very atmospheric. It's so atmospheric. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's yes. Okay. That's like a side. I'll have that as like a mini, yeah. a mini piece in. <laughs> so I, I didn't have it. I have so many notes. I'm having a really hard time, as usual, picking my five things when it's a movie I love this much. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be an honorable mention reason. Um, so the kit, the photosensitivity of the children is reliant on these keys and these heavy fabric drapes. So the way that this crazy world that she's created works is that each room has a door And you cannot walk into the next room without closing and locking the last room's door behind you. And the reason is that is to never let light into the room where children are. Mm. So she's always like closing, opening and closing these heavy fabric drapes, each one designed differently, each one beautiful and lush. And makes this incredible noise as the rings, like the sound design is insane in this movie. Mm. The rings like along the bar at the top and she does this incredible motion that's like really quick. So you're like, oh yeah, she's closing drapes constantly. Like this is most of her life is closing drapes and reading the Bible (laughs) and opening these doors with this giant brass key. So it it sounds like those kids live in a bird enclosure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does have that uh, uh, that feel to it. Right, you um, close that door. You don't let that bird out. You close that door. You open that door next. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that when you're like going to like the aquarium to see like the Long Beach Aquarium when you go to see the birds that you can go in where they're all flying around and stuff. Oh hell and, yeah! Oh, I love the Long Beach Aquarium. That's where, yeah. my, that's where my former boss got married. Oh, wow. That seems like such a cool place to have a wedding. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we got to go at night when it and go to like all the cool parts that were closed off normally. And he got married in front of the shark tank. It was oh. very cool. I wonder how expensive that is. That seems like the best place to get married. Yeah, well, he, he was the CEO, so probably a fair oh, amount. Right, CEO. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was, but it was really cool to be a part of. And I got one of my favorite photos ever from that experience and it is of the cutest smiling frog oh a smiling frog my favorite always my favorite Um, Uh, well check out the long beach aquarium uh i don't know if people can go to it now but it's definitely one of the best things in the la area it really is wonderful oh um (laughs) so yes it does remind me now that you say that of like butterfly or bird enclosures yeah oh butterfly one too good call absolutely Mm -hmm. which the the natural history museum in los angeles has a cool butterfly house that you can go into oh nice i haven't been to one since massachusetts where they had like a really exciting one that was new and everyone's like let's go see it and go to the butterfly gift shop and buy stuffed butterflies (laughs) 
A plush butterfly. Like, butterflies are not an animal you typically can squeeze. <laughs> it's weird. It's so true. But they look like part... They, they're, they're, I don't know. They're so colorful and nice that they should be more often maybe put into, like, stuffed animal form. That's a tough call. That's true because you can't touch their wings usually. So if you had, like, a mm-hmm. an animal that you could touch its wings, yes, I could see the benefit <laughs> of that. Well, the half the year, the L.A. Um, Natural History Museum, it's a butterfly house. The other half of the year, it's a spider house. So I haven't gone to it in that half of the year because I think that's absolutely horrifying that you just walk into a place where spiders are loose. Like I'm spending (laughs) my whole life trying to get away from loose spiders. Wait, they're loose though? Yeah. So butterfly house, Mm -hmm. then it becomes a spider house. Wow. So they're just out there. Wow. That's Crazy. Yeah, I don't even know how to process that. <laughs> That's I know. And I was so curious uh, about it when I, the first time I went to the butterfly house that I was like, what happens with the butterflies after? Like, I was just <laughs> trying to imagine them going around catching like a thousand butterflies and then moving spiders in. And they go, <laughs> we just let the spiders go in. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> they take care of the rest. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, wow. That's a use whole that information world. how you wish. Yeah. Uh, also, you know what? Support museums right now. They're having a really hard time. If you can donate to a local museum, um, that's really important and is a really nice thing you can do for your community. Oh, 100%. All right. PSA over. Let's mm-hmm. get back to these big brass keys. Yeah. Bring out that key content. So <laughs> she's, she's always taking this huge ring of keys out of her velvet pocket, which... Sounds like her vagina, I feel like, when I said it like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't move past it without being like, should I be calling things Velvet Pockets? Maybe not. It just sounds like a perfect like indie band name. I would listen to that, <laughs> that first record forever and never again. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it was so good in 2004. Yeah, I mean. changed. There was a, I think there was a band I liked called In Her Gentle Jaws. And that Mm. reminds me of that somehow, her velvet pocket. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I agree. I can see the connection between those two. (laughs) Um, So she takes these keys out. She locks these big, heavy wooden doors. And then she races across the room with her clickety-clackety shoes. Mm -hmm. And then she closes these velvet velvet drapes. And then she click-clacks to the other door. And then she opens it. And then she slams it behind her. So it's just this, like... It's so much. And and when the children, if you hear the children scream, she's running between doors and unlocking them and closing them and doing the drapes and unlocking and closing and running. And it's just like <laughs> the stakes always feel so high because of these doors and these keys that she can't ever get anywhere quickly or away from something quickly. She's Ooh. always jangling these fucking keys. And it's like, I think it's so incredible the way that the keys create tension. And all of this is because of the kids being photosensitive. So it creates this entire world because of this one character trait. And I think without it, there wouldn't be the reasons this movie work. It would no longer be a movie. It would just have an, it would have a kernel of an idea. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I've definitely, I mean, I think I see that a lot with comedies where you're like, this could just be a sketch. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but this is <laughs> that's in a bad way though. This yeah, is in no, like an incredible this way. <laughs> this is the where this is the, the the version where they do make it work and it works correctly and it yeah, as opposed to those where you're like this didn't work. I and there's just so much 
like imagine trying, imagine hearing children screaming and there's 15 doors standing between you and seeing if they're okay. And a series of like keys that you have to find and drapes you have to fuck with. Like, yeah, that sounds like vertigo in a fantastic way. You're just like running through the halls and everything's closing in on you and you away. Yeah. That sounds very cool. Yes, absolutely. And it creates this maze quality that's kind of neat. And one of the things that I, one of the pieces of trivia I've always loved about The Shining, which I know you haven't seen, right? Correct. Um, That's okay. I mean, of course, I recommend it. It's a really excellent film, but Mm. um, you'll still appreciate it because you know it. I think I did see The Shining. Yeah, I I saw The Shining. Oh, no, I know what it is. Um, I'm just trying to remember my history as a human being. Um, yeah, I did see The Shining when I was a lot younger. I do remember that now. Okay, well, so, you know, I mean, obviously, a lot like the others, it takes place entirely within this giant hotel and the grounds. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it ha- one of the things that's amazing about it is the maze-like quality of them going down the halls a lot. There's a lot of hallway yeah. shots and walking between rooms. And one of the things I've always a bit of trivia I love about it is that none of the hallways were set up to look like they all go into each other. Like they were purposely set up in different like angles and directions so that you couldn't figure out how any hallway or any room connected to another hallway that you saw. Ooh, very Escher. Yes, exactly. It's supposed to create a sense of confusion and unease as you were watching it kind of subliminally. Hmm. Um, and, and this movie has a very similar feel. Um, I wasn't able to find out if this was a real mansion or not. It seems like it is. Um, but so I, I don't know if that's, if it's really just the girth of the mansion that makes it seem like it is never ending or if it was some rooms were built to give you that sense of unease. Hmm. Um, so photos, third reason photosensitivity to light is so great because the children are also so pale and they're so British and they're always like, mommy, (laughs) mommy, please. I miss you, mommy. And they're just, they look like little scary vampire children. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love them. So the children are also kind of scary. Oh, cool. Everybody is just so unsettling in this, like each (laughs) character. Okay. So that's my fourth reason. Each character is really disturbing and you're like, each person you're like, does somebody know more than they're letting on? And like, who, who is somebody in on something? And it's, I think that's really, I think that's really fun as you're trying to figure out like what the mystery is that when you rewatch it, you're like, okay, I can see it now. Hmm. And there are clues that can set you up to like what's happening so that when you watch it again, you're like, ah, yes, yes, yes. But it's also everybody is equally kind of disturbing. And so each person could know more than they're letting on, which I like because it doesn't make it super obvious what's happening. Yeah. Um, And then my fifth reason is that I think it's a really sad movie and I really love sad horror films. Um, I hadn't even thought about that. It's a really tragic story and the ending is so like, but I wouldn't say in a way that makes you feel depressed at the end. Like I really don't like the mist, which is a rare opinion in the horror world. I think the mist is like needlessly nihilistic and cruel in a way that doesn't make sense based on what the characters were doing the entire way up to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
this movie is sad in just the like, man, life is hard kind of way. Interesting. I'm trying to remember if I've seen any like sad horror movies specifically and nothing comes to mind. Another one I love that I think is really sad is Mama um, with Jessica Chastain. Didn't see it. It's another one I really, I absolutely love. Maybe I'll do an episode about that because that's another movie that not enough people have seen and I think is like super like feminist and fascinating and has a lot of really interesting things to say about uh, motherhood and the roles of women and like how throughout time we have been forced into roles that we didn't necessarily want. Mm. Um, Anyways, it's very sad. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me think of uh, two horror movies. It makes me think of the Babadook because of the mother-son relationship. Yes. Uh, also never seen. And that one super creepy movie, which I think is a foreign one where where the mom like has some kind of accident and then like has to wear head bandages the whole time. Oh, good night, mommy. That movie sucks. Oh, that's a bummer. It, it seemed like such a cool concept in terms of the trailer. Oh no, oh. those those people are assholes. I hate the people that made that movie because they made that new movie, The Lodge, that maybe you've seen previews for that came out like at the end of last year and now is on DVD and home video. I think, I think I saw previews for that one. That's the one where the 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 dad goes away and then it's just the mom, like the stepmom left over with the kids, no, right? Two kids, yeah. Yeah, so that both, was too. Both movies have the almost the exact same plot. Both <laughs> movies rely on children being not evil in a supernatural way, like the omen, but like just cruel, shitty children. Ugh, yeah, I don't like and, that. And everything that happens is just like, ooh, did I shock you? Ooh, <laughs> you feel yeah. upset now? Ooh, isn't the world shitty? And you're just I, like, I do think the world is shitty, but in a totally different way. And it's not nuanced. It's shocking for the sake of being shocking. And ooh. it's so surface level as far as like story and characters that, and, and they make me mad because both previews look dope. And then both movies, those are movies with twists. Those yeah. are movies that are like, Oh, I got you, bro. <laughs> like, Fuck you. I don't need a movie to pull a prank on me. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. I feel, I feel like in, when I saw the lodge preview, I did see a little bit of that, like kids just being jerks. And I was just like, ah, I don't know if I care enough. So I didn't bother. I just, think. I just think it's so boring to be like, kids suck. Like, I I think what what sucks is an expectation that everybody be parents and that we we and that a lot of people are bad parents and we have to people who don't want to be parents have to endure the shitty parenting of children in public and that that's challenging and Mm. can be wearing on one's nerves. But children are a goddamn delight. And are so fun and so creative and so weird and can be like legitimately inspiring if you actually spend any time with them because they haven't been damaged by like the cruelty of the world yet and are a lot of really interesting things to say. But again, it has to do everything to do with like who's raising them. Yeah. Oh, very, very, very true. I just think, and I don't, I don't have kids and I don't know if I will, um, because I think it's a financial burden that I can't handle. And I think that they feel weird about bringing children into the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, I absolutely fucking love kids and any movie that's like, aren't kids dicks? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> like, are you so impatient that like, you can't just hang around a kid making like a little bit like acting different. It's just about it's just a different type of human acting differently around you. And I just think it's really weird to be, have a shitty attitude about kids. 
Yeah, it's a bummer. I, I always feel bad for for that sort of situation because I'm also a big kid fan. I feel like they're hilarious and great. They're so funny. Yeah, I'm. Just they're so a, much funnier than adults. Like, yeah, in a heartbeat. They're so fast. They're so funny. There's no filters. Absolutely. Yeah. Like anytime uh, I'm at like a family gathering, I'm just like, show me the kids' table. Like sitting around with adults talking about their fucking like surgeries they've had lately. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, my knee replacement. Like this isn't good info, Sandra. Like Never. I don't want to fucking hear about. And then they, that's all they do is just talk about some fucking disease that they're dealing with. But uh, it's like kids are just like, oh, like look, I I colored this thing that doesn't exist, and I have a whole backstory about what kind of a monster it is. And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> like yeah, let's get not, into it. They're not just locked into the dread of adult life at that point. Yes. They're still yeah. trying things out and testing the boundaries of the world. <laughs> exactly. No, I think hanging out with kids is a total escape. Like, I think it's so fun. Plus, they usually make you shit, too, which I love. Like, anytime I'm with kids, they're always like, I drew this for you. I wrote this story. Do you want one of my My Little Ponies? I'm like, yes, I do. Thank oh, you. <laughs> that I have not experienced. That's awesome. That's so cool. Really? My fridge is, like, covered with artwork from other people's kids. <laughs> That's so cool. I, think, I treasure um, them. I think it's so cute. Part of part of my problem, I guess, is that I haven't really hung out with a lot of like uh, my friends and their kids before. I feel like mm -hmm. I haven't met most of my friends' new new kids. Uh, it's I, the most of the times where I was hanging out with with kids is like I guess like I don't know. It was I don't know. I guess it was just in in like weddings and social situations like that. Oh, sure, like somewhere that like had a limited amount of time. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the same where it was like this is cozy and he's an old friend of your parents. That hasn't yeah. happened for me yet really, but Oh, uh, a lot of my friends have kids back home and I am obsessed with all of them. So when I'm home, I'm always like got to go hang out with the kids. Uh, yeah, none of my friends' kids are old enough yet to be that type of cool kid. Mm. But yes, I have that's the thing. I do think anybody under five kind of sucks. Like, I'm not interested <laughs> in a nonverbal. And I don't mean nonverbal, like, you know, if your kid has autism, that's not the same. Yeah, I just totally. mean nonverbal, like a kid is learning or a kid is constantly trying to put shit in their mouth. That's very irritating. Or oh, babbling. Cool. I yeah, hate babbling. There's, there's a degree of communication that is, that is, in, uh, that is necessary. And yeah. before that, it gets a little bit more difficult. But Absolutely. Four and five and up, I'm real into. I love teenagers. Oh sure, but yeah, even if I can make a baby laugh, I'm happy. I don't need to understand what they're what they're talking about. I just need to be able to make them laugh and do silly face at them. <laughs> oh my god, that's me in the restaurant. Like if I see a baby in a restaurant, I cannot focus on anything else. I'm like, I'm gonna make this baby laugh, and I'm just like sitting like a table away, making faces at someone else's baby. <laughs> yeah, same, a hundred percent. And then they notice, and they're like, "Oh, he's just flirty," and I'm like, "That's a terrible thing to say about a baby." I know. That's creepy. Why does he that's thing to say about a kid so true oh, i hate it that's the one thing i hate about that situation or anybody that has kids like a like a shirt on that's like a like a onesie that's like lady killer and i'm like oh, oh that's can you not put your weird gender issues on your small child seriously anyways that was child's hour yes. children's hour <laughs> so fifth and final reason it's a sad story that I think makes you feel sympathetic towards ghosts <laughs> and I I think I don't know if this is ironic but it's like I think it gives ghosts a lot of humanity or I'm like oh man ghosts they're just I like, like us yeah that, I think that's awesome 
because there are so many movies where they're just like these flat, boring, two-dimensional things of just like, I'm here to scare you and nothing yes. else. Yes, that's what it ex- Oh my God, Cozy, that's exactly what I said after we were done watching it last night. Because nice. I was like, yeah, I like it. And then I launched into my like campaign about like, but don't you love it for these reasons? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is a pilot I'm working on, uh, ghosts and what they're doing when they're not haunting people. They have fucking lives. They're ghosts. They, they have other stuff to do. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I just feel like I really, I like the, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? The mythology that this story uses around ghosts, which is sort of the idea that like if you something traumatic happened, you're going to like stick in that space. Ooh. And um, that's always like the ghosty thing that's always made the most sense to me that you would be somewhere that you either loved the most or if you were, if you died in a traumatic way, like you're stuck there. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really, I just think it's a great, different type of horror movie and different type of ghost story than we've ever seen before. Mm. Um, so all in all, it's, it's beautiful. The music is incredible, which I didn't even get to. Another honorable mention, the score is a perfect. I'm going to put it on the end of the episode so everybody can hear it, but it's the kind of score that you could like do work to. If you like to have movie scores on, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so it's like every, Every aspect of this film works. It's like this, and I, he because he was the writer and director. I always think I not every time does it work, but I love when people like see their vision through because everything you know that they're passionate about it. They're not just trying to like I'm a director. I'm just directing whatever. They like this was a story that he this director wanted to tell. You know, so everything works. The dialogue is perfect. The acting is perfect. The music is great. The soul, the the, the sound design, all the foley work is so good the costuming is so good. Like everything about it is such high art and I love it. So cozy. Those are, that's my final plea. Will you watch <laughs> the others? Uh, when did this movie come out? 2001. Okay. So I realized that the main reason that I didn't see this movie, I realize now is because I didn't really actively start watching horror movies until 2014 when it follows came out. So oh, right. before that, I had zero interest in any horror movie. I saw almost none of them. So this was also kind of in that zone for me. Mm-hmm. Probably why I didn't see Sixth Sense, too, because I was just like, this is a horror movie. Nah, no thanks. Um, <laughs> but after that, I'd heard so many good things about it. And I was like, well, photosensitivity sounds cool, but I never really cared enough. And I, it, it sort of became one of those movies where I'm like, I'm not really going to seek it out. But I bet that if I was watching it, I'd like it. But I don't feel like I feel that way anymore for this one. I feel like because I'm actively more interested in horror movies than I have been, and because of the details that you mentioned that are particularly fascinating to me, I love I love the idea of like the jangling keys. I feel like I can see this, I can see the things that make this a horror movie better now. Uh, mm. In terms of feelings and emotions, you know, like mm-hmm. that running through the halls vertigo feeling it, that stands out to me well. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely see this movie. There's no question. Yay. Oh my God. That makes me so happy. I was <laughs> a little worried while I was watching it. I was like, oh man, will he be able to, cause I know sometimes you're like, I can't, if you can't relate to a character, you're not always into it, but oh, sure. I think with the emotion, there's just so much, it's, it's, you know, this controlled, intense Nicole Kidman emotion, yeah. but like 
there's just, I think there's just a lot of pain in this movie that you'll really like, <laughs> if that yeah, makes sense. I mean, uh, that sounds great. I think that because pain and vulnerability are very married for me, so I can, I can enjoy that. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And the idea of somebody who is very like stiff all the time ha- displaying other emotions is very exciting and encouraging for me. Oh, yeah. Her panic is just like uh, incredible. She has the greatest face. I love her face. I love her hair. I love her pale, pale, like translucent skin. She's just the perfect gothic horror story heroine. Oh, that's cool. I also am very much a pale person person. I am very attracted to pale people. Like that yeah. for me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like our, our goth punk yes. background. Yes, 100%. It is a weakness for me, the pale people. <laughs> um. Yes. So I think you'll really, you'll like all that aspect. And then when you're talking about the vulnerability, I think a lot of the pain in this movie is because of an inability to be vulnerable. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, and I would like argue that some things wouldn't have had to have happened if there could have just been conversations yeah. and openness. Um, and then that contributes to the time period. And like, yeah, of course. And so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there around again, actually around motherhood and womanhood and being a wife and like what it means to have to care for a house. Uh, So the time period is really important for those reasons. Um, So it's funny when you're like period film, like I never think of it as being a period film, but it actually, I don't think what happens would have happened if it took place now. Right. And I was probably also thinking of the hours when I was saying that I remembered it as a specific period. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lovely. Well, I'm so happy that I convinced you. Um, Listeners, I would love to know if I convinced you to watch The Others or if you've already seen The Others. Please hit me up on uh, Instagram or Twitter where I need to see pod on both of those Uh, platforms. And then on Facebook, Cozy handles our page and our group. You need to see this podcast. Um, Let us know. We want to hear what you think. Um, I would love, I could talk for hours about wrestling fabric. So (laughs) let me know if you're into that too. Uh, Hand running across a velvet overcoat. Oh (laughs) God. All right. So what did everyone get into this week? Cozy, do you have any recommendations for our audience? I do have a recommendation for the, for this audience of ours. Uh, I recommend, uh, well, let me start, let me start that a little bigger. Um, so what happens, let's see. So for the last, last month, um, parts of that last month and a little bit more of last month, I suppose, uh, I was setting up a bunch of zoom hangouts with friends who I haven't seen since the pandemic started and some who I hadn't seen in much, much longer. And, uh, I never do that because I'm really bad at setting up any kind of hang with friends. I just see them naturally or they don't exist because they're in another state for me. Oh, like no. if someone's in another state, they've gone. They, I have no good object permanence for friends or family. It's not good, but it's who I've been. Um, and I decided last month, I was like, just friggin' do it anyway. It's important to do. You should talk to people you like. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I did that a bunch with a lot of people that I like a lot. Um, and one of them was my, my best friend in college. And he was like, hey, we should do a Zoom with all the all, a bunch of our old friends from college. Maybe get a bunch of people together. And I did that this week. And it was really Cute. nice. 
Yeah, Actually, I love that idea. It seems so obvious, but I was just, I had a huge group of friends in college and we all just were obsessed with each other. Like it was mm-hmm. such an intense group of friends that I just adore and I still adore and keep in touch with individually, but we're always like, we need to have a reunion. Let's plan a reunion because we all live in different places around the country. But yeah. how fun would it be to just do it like that? <laughs> Usually it's I don't so- like Zoom calls, but with people that you really, really are close with, it seems like it would be great. Yeah. And the dynamic is immediately back. That's the weirdest Mm. part is you're like, oh, I remember this from like 14 years ago. Things are still like that, like 2007 for me, actually. So, um, yeah, that's the last time I saw one of them and uh, definitely last time I saw all of them together. And it was weird how immediately we snapped right back into things. That's love. Yeah, it was also weird how I was definitely the only person in an apartment with no kid, and they're all like, we have kids now, and we live mm-hmm. in a house. I'm like, oh, I thought we were very similar, and I forgot that aspect. <laughs> right, well, you can live cheaply other places, and you get to do all that stuff. That's very, very true. It was really funny to me when it clicked for me, but yeah, so I recommend setting up Zooms with old friends. <laughs> awesome. Um, I have been watching Lovecraft Country on HBO, and I just am so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a, the perfect TV show right now because it's really scary, um, but it's also it it's all follows all um, black characters, mm-hmm. and so it is also really prescient in how it is discussing and kind of examining. Um, racism and violence towards black people and using this really cool fantasy and horror framework to explore that. So basically the, uh, I'm trying to sum it up, like the main character and his friend and his uncle embark on a road trip across like the 1950s Jim Crow, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, time period in search of his missing father. And it's kind of everything with that. So there's tons of really cool, scary monsters, lots of fantasy elements. Um, I really like it a lot. It's the kind of horror that I love. That's like lots of social commentary, but it's very um, smartly done and it's couched Mm -hmm. in like actual monsters along with like real life monsters. Cool. Uh, Yeah. So I really Highly recommend checking it out. It premiered, I think, in August. And now it's like on the fourth, fifth or fourth or fifth episode. It's uh, Journey Smollett, Jonathan Majors, Courtney Vance, and the beloved Michael K. Williams, who's one of my favorite actors. So the acting is great. Everyone in it is so beautiful and talented. And the monsters are scary and there's lots of blood. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I have a question. Were you a, a Lovecraft person? Are you one of those Lovecraft folks? You know, I my college boyfriend, who is such a big part of um, the reason I love so many of the things that I love, absolutely adored Lovecraft. And so I, I read some when mm-hmm. we were together. And it never fully grabbed me, but I think it's because I have kind of a pulpy mind where I like really love Stephen King and I uh, grew up loving like R.L. Stein stuff. And like, yes. I love, I love stuff that's like a little trashier, but <laughs> I'm, I like, I, I, H.P. Lovecraft is like pretty intellectual in my memory. I was just like, man, this is 
it felt complex when I was reading it. Maybe that isn't true, but I've been wanting to revisit it after watching Lovecraft Country because I'm, it also inspires so much of Stephen King's work as well. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he's one of those early horror people that I really should go back to and <laughs> appreciate more. What about you? Uh, I I have never read any of his stuff, any of that stuff, but I've heard about the the lore of it or the mythos or whatever a lot. And I'm always like, oh, there's a whole world there. It's real specific. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, I have a bunch of friends who I can tell are like either like closeted or out um, Lovecraft nerds <laughs> and are very much like you can talk to them and then they will suddenly talk about like uh, every eldritch being or whatever forever and they know all their weird power names. And I'm like, okay, this is just a thing I've never been a part of before. So yeah, no, I, I, I have no history with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's kind of, that's me with the dark tower series that Stephen Ooh. King wrote, which is like a sort of like a apocalyptic Western um, yeah, time travel story oh, wow. uh, that goes across like seven or eight books. And I was so so into all the mythology of it because it also the world that the dark tower creates has tentacles in almost every single Stephen King story. So there's mm-hmm. like aspects of it that are in it. Like it is a big part of the dark tower universe, but you can read it and appreciate it without knowing that, but it makes it really fun. So like I grew up reading Stephen King and never got into dark tower. Cause I was like, I don't really like fantasy. I don't want to read it. And then eventually I just got desperate for new Stephen King. So I was like, finally, I'll start it. And then I just got so wrapped up in it. And when I saw that it made all these other stories, like create this large universe, I was like, okay, I'm in. I love a universe. Yeah, those are very fun. Nice. Yeah, I've never really read his stuff either, honestly. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that The Dark Tower is the most underrated uh, works of Stephen King. And it needs to be turned into a television show, not a movie, because it's like, uh, oh, I don't know, like 5,000 pages. So like, <laughs> Yeah, give it the Game of Thrones treatment, right? Yes, exactly. HB, it would be so good on HBO. And there's like a lot of stuff that's in the stories that really needs some updating too. And I think with like a like diverse writing staff of like not just like an older white man, yeah. that it could really bring some of the elements that I feel like are a little creaky now because some of them were written in the 70s and 80s, would mm. really like shave that down and like, pop it up and like make the story just that much better, you know? Yeah. That's a good move. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Um, I'm sure sure it's, if it's been around for that long, I'm sure that it's been attempted in bits and pieces before, but probably just never became a thing, right? Falling apart. Yeah. They keep, you know, they, they made a really shitty movie where they tried to cram all the books into like a 90 minute movie with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, who were both so good, but couldn't save it. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's always like, yeah, we're working on a TV thing. Yeah, we're going to do it. But it's not, no updates. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds about right. Um, but in, in the meantime, Lovecraft Country has de- definitely creates like a really cool world um, mm. with a lot of mythology. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And it's like legitimately scary. Like, Ooh, awesome. Yeah, the last episode like really disturbed Isaac. Like <laughs> I was like, let's wa- let's catch up on it during we had another episode to watch this week and he's like, I think I just need a little bit from it. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, that's how you know it's working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so terrific. Well, that is you need to see this and the others. Um does is there anything that you want to plug before we get going? 
Um, yeah, there is. That's a great call, and thank you for asking. Um, so on Tuesday, uh, which is the 15th of September, um, my one of my, my longest-running improv group, Sweet Dalai Lama, uh, we're doing our first um, ever online show. Most a, a lot of the people on the team have never done the online stuff before. And so it was a, a bit of a, a bit of a thing to try and convince everybody. I'm like, it's going to be fun. And then we did a little fun practice and it was fun. So now we're going to be doing a nine year anniversary show on Facebook live at facebook.com slash crash this party um, on Tuesday at 8 PM. So I would love it if people tuned in and supported our uh, sort of um, cute little uh, dough steps onto online comedy. <laughs> That's great. There's so many, so rare that anybody who doesn't live in Los Angeles can see us do comedy. So this is a great way if people around the world are interested. Um, Kothi, you can send me that link and I'll put it in our show notes. I would love to. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's really, I keep reminding myself of that too. I'm like, yeah, this is the first time that a lot of my family members will be able to see what I've been doing for nine years on this team. That's so nice. Terrific. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you're able to do that. Thank you. Me too. Oh, so excited. <laughs> and then I want to plug, I have a new podcast, a totally different podcast, not replacing this one, <laughs> um, that I would love for people to check out because it's spooky. It's called It's Always Halloween because with me, it is always Halloween. And uh, Pete Burns is the audio genius working with me on that one too. He designed the theme music for it. And he uh, does all, we have like really incredible sound design throughout the whole episode and he does it all he's a wizard um yeah it sounded fantastic well thank you i'm glad you liked it (laughs) uh the first episode's out now it comes out every tuesday so there'll be another one out when you're listening to this um will be coming out very shortly and they're bite-sized episodes that dive into the history of halloween so like 10 10 minute episodes 10 to 15 minutes and it's a yeah, deep dive exploration of everything that we like and where it came from and why we celebrate. So it's going to be all year round, but dive in now to, you know, be a facty little nerd, you know, <laughs> <laughs> have information that you can take to all your, all of your online Halloween parties. Yes. Which I would love for there to be several of. I know. I think people are doing it. I've, people have asked me if I'm going to have one. I don't know if it's my thing, so I haven't decided <laughs> yet. Um, I, I, so much. My issue is usually that I get depressed with online stuff because it's not, I want it to be the other thing so badly. I can't just accept it for what it is and it just makes sure. me sad. Oh, of course. So I haven't quite reached the point yet where I think I can have a fun online party, but who knows? Get back to me in a month. We'll see. Nice. Perfect. But yeah, check out uh, It's Always Halloween on Apple, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are living. And thank you for listening to You Need to See This. What have you done with my daughter?